Welcome to Season 2 of Let's Break Up, Toxic Workplace Stories. Join hosts Nicola and Gina as they tackle workplace toxicity head-on. Real-life stories, well-being, and standing against toxicity await you. Let's break up with toxic workplaces and create a revolution of positivity together. As a disclaimer, Nicola and Gina's opinions are solely their own and don't represent professional advice. It's just their perspective, so form your own conclusions. Heads up! This podcast may contain adult content and explicit language. So let's dive in and break up with toxic workplaces. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Hello, I am well. How are you? Wonderful. 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 I can't remember. Where were you calling? You were calling us from somewhere cool. DC? (sighs) Not really. Orlando, not that's not. Oh, that cool. Orlando, that's right. Oh no, yeah, we just remember right. you yeah. about DC. But just kidding, because you're really Orlando. And nice. All right, so I'm going. I'm taking my daughter to Disney in like a month, and I've never been there before. Ugh. What should I do? Jump off a of no. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's not go. Um, how old's your daughter? <laughs> she'll be three. Oh, she'll enjoy it. Okay. Um, uh so you're aware magic kingdom now allows alcohol um so they didn't used to sell alcohol so that's that's good you can you can carry some wine around i'll ask lucia my Um, three-year-old what kind of wine she likes does she like you know you know i'm on board with that magic kingdom you're not but i'm on board with Magic. (laughs) Well, even if i wanted to drink i can't because i'm on bikini prep but anyway so that's good okay but like what should i be aware of should i be aware of First of all, is it a is it safe to even go? Just like me and my daughter? Yeah, of course it is. Don't be dumb. Shut yeah. up! You haven't even yeah. been there. I went to the other Disney. It's the same thing. All right. Anyway, just curious. oh, well, can I? It, my yeah. top tip as an adult, though, write your mm-hmm. telephone number in Sharpie down her arm. Why? Because if she gets lost on the day and she doesn't know your telephone number, and someone finds her, your telephone number is on her arm. Oh, I thought you said to write it on mine. I'm like, I don't want every weird on, your, on her arm. Okay, because I was like, ew, I don't want weird creeps calling me. I'll just make please, sure that yes, I wear you a do. Pit- Yes, no, you no. do. You want a fucking creeper calling you? Please, fuck off. No, I don't. <laughs> um, my phone's so dry anyway, so maybe I would enjoy it. Maybe I'd be like, ooh, a little, little something for today. Um, anyway, Brian, back to you. I, what, yes. what the fuck do I know about Orlando? Fucking nothing. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I think um, I think she'll have a great time. Magic Kingdom will be fun. Uh, there, it's it's they've changed the like the reservation system and stuff like that. So you kind of, I would suggest looking up some YouTube videos on what's it called, uh, the Genie Pass. I think. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, like it. I went. My wife and I went a few months ago um, with uh, one of my wife's best friends and her two little girls. Um, and uh, my wife's friend now has like a PhD in Disney um, because, like, you have to Is be that a thing? on the app. Apparently, yes, because you like have to be on the app at like six fifty eight a.m. in order to get the reservations that you want. Get in in queue early for the certain rides that are popular, like at Magic this Kingdom, like Pirates like of the Caribbean, maybe and stuff it's like that. Be a no for me. It's why I it, didn't it, like it, Disney. It, the the pre planning was more intense than the day there, and then the day there was like 
fucking it's fucking disney i, I don't know i gotta like really but so so here's the one the, before we get into it i did download the app so there's that the app's really easy to that's use. good yeah yeah you just have to be um you have to be prepared that you won't get to see everything that you that you or your I don't daughter give want a to shit. see i'm not a disney person <laughs> at all neither was i like well neither am i'm I. like i'm like if i never go to disney i will be totally okay my life will move on like i remember when i first moved to florida i like went to go get my hair done and this woman was getting what do they call it like before you get married you get like the trial run of the hair and the makeup oh, yeah, i guess yeah. the trial right and she was getting married at Disney and it was Disney themed and she had like Disney baubles in her hair. And I was like, why am I here? Why, why do I live in this god awful state? Who why? is this woman? What, what? Like it, she had like, like little like Tinkerbell, like ornaments in her hair. Is what's happening. Because he's the only one that's married here. And I'm guessing being in Would Orlando, you ever marry someone wife. who did that, Brian? Who was like, hey, babe, my hair, how does my hair look? And like, and then I was like thinking like, this is going to be your wedding pic- pictures for all of posterity. And you're going to have like Mickey Mouse ears and like a Tinkerbell. Yeah, that's that That would be way too much for me. Uh, I mean, I've been to Disney a few times. Most of the times I'm there, I am hammered. Um, doing like <laughs> drinking around the world the or something. <laughs> yeah. Especially right, since well, my wife and I don't have kids. Like there's no, I mean, some yeah, of the stuff well, yeah. there is fun, but like, yeah, I'm, we just want to go and drink and people watch. Thing. I am rethinking this whole thing. Anyway. Honestly, um, she's a little bit older. Like, ugh, mate, I think I like might. a four or a fiver. Because I feel like it would be fun if I had a four or five. Like it, it was like moderately fun for Quinn and he's teen. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, so right. that's our, yeah. that's our Disney chat. So and oh my my, Dis- my PTSD from Disney hair trial. Awful. Yeah, I I I I guess I'll leave you with this. The first time I went my parent when I was still living in the Midwest, my parents brought my brother and I down uh for a trip to Disney and I was I think 12 and my brother was like 6. Mm-hmm. Um those I think were great ages. I remember it. My brother claims he has no recollection of ever being at Disney, which kind of pisses my parents off because they spent so much money on it. But um, mm-hmm. I, I do remember us both having a good time. Like those were good ages okay. for us. So he didn't I get to ride some of the rides, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Because like I live in this area where everybody has more money than God and I don't. And they're like, oh, we're going to Disney for the weekend. And I'm like, uh, OK, I'm going to go have a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Thanks. Bye. Okay, I'm sorry. Do you know how much Disney was in like New Zealand dollars? Oh yeah. No, I know you tell me. For it was one day. For one it stupid was, day. It was like two grand or something, like two grand US dollars. It was what? Ridiculous. Yeah. That is abs- that is insane. That I mean, is, that is just yeah, absurd. Obscene. That is capitalism at its worst. That is oh, that is miserable. Okay, so anyway, despite- now that we're off track. Despite that, I think Disney may not be happening for Lucia this year because I just like I also don't know if I'm in the right mind space to be dealing with all that shit. Um, why don't we have Ryan in- introduce himself besides being a Ph.D. in Disney? What else are you a Ph.D. in? Definitely not a Ph.D. in Disney. That is that is for sure. I, I'm I'm there to tag along and, and have a drink or seven. Um, <laughs> my. <laughs> 
my uh, my my focus in in real life is uh, uh, twofold on on legal writing. Um, as a lawyer, that was a, a natural transition uh, to writing for law firms and writing for other publications like Forbes and LegalZoom. Um, and then the other the other side of my my day to day work is HR consulting, which is uh, some of the fun that we're here to discuss today. Um, and that is the the HR consulting, especially over the last like three years. Um, actually, mm-hmm. maybe. To the, to the day the last three years um, has been uh, a roller coaster whirlwind of, of um, the, the ridiculous and the stuff that I thought I might never see or never even thought that would be something like unfathomable uh, I, stuff happening. Right? Totally, totally. Just not, not even, not even in, in the realm of, of reality uh, that, that I would have conceived of. So can you tell us sort of um, being an HR consultant, I'm, I'm assuming you're kind of c- cutting off like pre, pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, because the past three years was either we were in the pandemic or we're post. So what would normal like things that would come across your desk be as an HR consultant pre-pandemic that were semi-normal? Like what would you mostly be consulting on? Generally boring stuff or what most people okay. would consider boring. Uh, operational type things. Um, So a company says we're growing to the point where we need to revise our handbook or we need to create a handbook because we don't have Mm -hmm. one yet. We don't have policies written down or we're about to hit 50 employees. So we need to start thinking about FMLA compliance and and ACA and stuff like that. Though it, it very operational, sort of behind the scenes type stuff sure. where HR was more focused on not not as being front facing, more focused on the business side of things and not so much of the so human centric like sure side of it. Like your ducks are in a row from a legal standpoint, kind of. Exactly. Legal and okay. compliance is basically what it what it all boils down to. Yeah. Okay. Now, what's going on for the past three years? The past three years have been some of those uh, unfathomable uh, things. Those are those mm-hmm. are the 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 last three years. I mean, there's there's a lot of legal and compliance stuff, uh, new stuff that has happened over the last three years. Specifically, remote work. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of companies don't even know that they have employees in other states because the employees may not be reporting to the company where they're working from. And then in turn, even if the company does know that they have employees in other states, they may not know that they have to be compliant with those state laws where those employees sure. are living, not just where the company is located, um, even if they have uh, have an office. So those Very are things that those are, those are the, that right there is probably the, the biggest eyebrow raise that I get, especially from new clients where they're like, wait, we have to we're based in Texas, but we have to comply with with California law because we have an employee in San Francisco. Yes. Mm-hmm. To some degree, you have you have to be in compliance with with California law, which means you've got to pay daily overtime, not just weekly overtime. If they're an mm-hmm. hourly employee, you're subject to other um, requirements depending on your headcount uh, within California and, and as a company size as a whole um, that are are above and beyond what what Texas requires. Um, yeah, th- that is that is the biggest eyebrow raise over the last three years is is uh, all related to remote and hybrid work. Wow. Okay. And so, wait, so just randomly, have you seen the Amazon show, The Consultant? I just saw a trailer for it last night um, and I definitely want to watch it. It does look good. Please watch it. Please watch it. Okay. 
I almost feel like I almost feel like we need Brian to come in for episode three of our review of this show. Yeah, because it, it's 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 insane. And anyway, so um, so okay, so yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would have known like what state am I, you know? So does that with this whole state and compliance thing, does that make businesses not want to continue to be remote or like what happens there? Sometimes, yeah. Uh, sometimes it it makes them not want to be remote um, or they come up with ways to not hire people in certain states, which which you can do. You can just post your job in Texas. You know, we're only hiring with, yeah. within Texas. Because um, I've seen uh, that before, part- like, jobs eligible for like and then there's like a bunch of different states um but not exactly all of them. or like yeah. even in the job posting they'll say hey we're we're um we're hiring for a remote position but you do have to be located in texas okay. um, and that's not uh, illegal so yeah no companies can can absolutely do that um and that has happened that actually started happening somewhat before the pandemic when a couple of states like colorado and california started implementing um uh, uh, pay transparency laws so that okay. in the public job posting, you had to post a, a job range for the position you were hiring for. Um, so some states decided or some companies decided they didn't want to do that because they don't want people to know what they're going to make, I guess. Um, and so they would not hire, they would not uh, accept applicants from from those particular so states. That, that so that those, they wouldn't have laws. to put so in they a could leave that range. Exactly. Why are people so dodgy? Yeah. Why do companies do that? I mean, New York just got a a law just passed in New York, Brian, which you probably know of that you have to put the salary range. If the company's based in New York, you have to put the salary range in the um, like classified ads or the job posting. I'm old classified ads, but you know what I mean? Yeah, and and actually using New York as as an example, recently uh, there was a company that posted a job with a range of ninety to nine hundred thousand um, uh-huh. to comply with that law. Obviously, that is not a reasonable range. Um, Wait, what was the range? Ninety to ninety four dollars. Ninety to nine hundred thousand. <laughs> That's yeah. ridiculous. Wait, who? Wait, who? Co- what company was that? We'll bleep it out. I don't Do know. know. I. I <laughs> I, I don't, I don't recall. I, I know I, I saw the yeah, job it, post. It was, it might've been like 88 to 880. It was some, it, it was some, like it was like, such a huge range, oddly specific number, but it was also, yeah, a huge range. It, it was, it was, so it, it was almost intended to be a joke, I, I think. Um, uh, or at least I hope. Um, yeah. but it, yeah, it's also a way to get around the law. Yeah. It's also I mean, a way to get around. And, the law. and they're not wrong. Right. Cause they are posting a range and nobody said you had to post an accurate range, but doesn't that open you up to like, well, they said I could earn up to like $900,000. How come I'm not earning up to $900,000? Because it's a job ad, not a guarantee. Um, uh-huh. So oh, the what? guarantee, the guarantee yeah. is as, the such, such as it is, is going to be an employment agreement, offer letter, yeah. employment contract, something okay. like that. Exactly. Yeah. This reminds me of, did you see that um, documentary about um, Pepsi with the jet? I have, I watched uh, the first part of that. Yes. You and I do remember that. I, I do remember, so I do know what you're part, talking about. That's yeah. part of our era, like where you would collect enough bottle caps and you could like trade it in for merchandise. And one of them was like this, like crazy, I don't know, some like military grade jet. And this kid figured out a way to do it. And Pepsi, 
Yeah. And Pepsi never gave them the jet. Really? And he was like, yeah. And he was in like lawsuits forever. But that's what that reminds me of. He didn't win. But there was like so much more to the story, but it was it was it was actually really fascinating. I was like, this is going to be so fucking boring. And then I was like glued and I binged the whole thing. So another anyway, one you Netflix. might like is is the uh, McDonald's one. If if you haven't watched that, that's a couple of years ago about the monopoly pieces for McDonald's and, and the. Um, I never watched that one, but everyone has told me to shady watch it stuff it's like it's good. It's like such a con Wait, thing. I need to watch that because I collected the monopoly pieces from McDonald's. <laughs> It, it's really good it's i mean it like was, the mob gets involved like it's it's real yeah the yeah, mob is exactly. involved yeah and also it yeah. was rigged that no one could ever win right wasn't that the main at least takeaway? The, the, the the big ones yeah no the main prizes the like ones. it was yeah yeah you, you no one was ever gonna win the big prizes what surely that's yeah. not gonna in new zealand surely that's and, not gonna and family members of people who were like involved in the game would miraculously win a hundred thousand dollar prize yes. or okay. something like I that. Okay, I started yeah. watching this, but then I think I might have had my baby, and then I stopped watching it. Okay, you know, I'm fully subscribed to that. Like, sign BT me Dub, up congrats one. on your baby. Uh, yeah, B- BT Dub. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that 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 one episode we had yeah, where somebody's it. boss was like, she was an act of labor, and the boss oh, texted yes, her, yes. and at the end she was like. Congrats on having a baby, BTW. Yes, yes. Oh my God, I can't even. Okay, so you've got pre and post pandemic. We've got like all this weird shit unfolding in the HR space. I'm curious to know, you know, kind of getting to Gina's meat and potatoes. um, I'm curious to know what are some of the wildest things that you have seen in the last three years? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Our podcast is powered by the seamless one-click installation and WordPress starter wizard from SiteGround. Choose from pro designs, add contact forms, online stores, portfolios, all automated, no tech stress. Say goodbye to mundane setups and hello to a stunning podcast platform. Join us on Let's Break Up Toxic Workplace Stories and let SiteGround handle the digital stage for you. Launch your podcast website effortlessly. Because breaking up with toxicity starts here. So um, there are I've I've got some notes here on my other screen that um, just to just to remind me of of the big ones. There are four big ones, I think, or maybe three big ones and one related smaller one um, that we can definitely discuss um, that I I don't think I would have expected three or four years ago. Um, um, so we can we can discuss those and dive into those and let's and hear talk it. About What's number one? Hold on, I'm, I'm putting myself up. What's number so, one? So number one, um, number one is um, a company, um, a they're a true small business, um, less less than fifty employees. Um, that uh, was uh, was owned uh, family owned business, um, and they one. they made an announcement to the company um, in in the beginning of, of January twenty twenty one that they had a family emergency and they were going to be unavailable um, for three days to go and 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 take care of this this family issue. Okay. Um, 
uh, it turns out um, that their family emergency was the insurrection um, <laughs> that they flew to D.C. for uh, to participate in uh, the uh, I don't know to what extent. Um, but that they were present uh, uh, and and near or at the Capitol for the day's events. Um, I don't. Yeah, I guess I'll just leave it there whole, and see if you have any questions. Family going? If it's a family, if there's a family emergency, is the whole family going? Like, what's happened? I mean, I I don't know. Um, uh, there's, there's a lot that, that I, I don't know about the exact details of this mm-hmm. particular, uh, instance. Um, I, I, I doubt the entire family would have gone, but I know that at least the, uh, the owner of the company, uh, and, and their spouse, uh, were, were present in DC for that day. Okay. Questions. <laughs> Was it important for, the owner and the spouse who I'm assuming worked there to be on premise for this business to operate. Um, so in other words, if they just decided to call in sick, would the company be able to function for like a day or two on its own? There's two answers to that. Uh, one answer from my perspective and another answer from their perspective, their perspective. No, the company could not survive without that. my perspective. It absolutely can and does. OK, that was question number one, because m- my follow up to question number one is why do we need to know that if you can't make it to work? You're just my boss. I don't need to know what the fuck you're doing. Maybe you're, maybe you have to get like a hemorrhoid removed. I don't care. Right. Why do we need to know that? So number one, that's super ridiculous. And number two, it's a it's a small family owned business run. Whenever you hear small and family owned, get to step in because I don't feel like anything good ever comes out of that. Number two, um, number two, did did this ever come out to the employees like what actually happened? Yeah, so it was sort of a slow drip, um, but that is sort of. Uh, I guess the 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 overall impact of of sharing this story as the first one is the impact that it had on on the employees, but also on the company as a whole. That's what um, I'm saying. So, what happened when they started to find out? Like, yeah, tell us. I I, I must so, know. Uh, so the the way, yeah. Once once they started to once employees started to find out. Um, it became apparent that um, the the owner of the company was not um, not always looking out for the company or the employees' best interests, and so employees quickly became disengaged um, and many departed. Within mm-hmm. ninety days of um, of January sixth, um, mm-hmm. my con I ended my contract. Um, did you end it voluntarily and, or did they ask you yeah. to leave? No, no you were I like, did. I'm out of here. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, Good I don't want to be associated with this. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't want to be any part of that. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, and, uh, about 80% of the staff that I had, had, um, hired, trained, helped to manage and, and facilitate and engage and, and help the business grow, um, were gone in that same window as well. So it had a massive impact, not only on the individual employees who made sometimes the tough decision to leave uh-huh. um, at, that, at that point in what was still somewhat of an uncertain global pandemic, sure. and in many cases without a job to go to. 
that's how bad it was for them. Yeah. Um, that they would just up and up and leave, but also an impact to the company and the remaining employees because the company now had to put extra financial resources into replacing so many positions so quickly. That's uh, and a lot of that extra work, take, though, right? Like that's that's like a really intense stand. You're like, I don't love what these people have done. I'm done. Exactly. But also, like, I feel like it just is indicative. So here's where my my last question, and I think you were getting there on your own anyway, Brian, but like, how fucking toxic was it that this was like just commonplace? Like, I'm sure there was already rumblings of, you know, all this yeah, other yeah. nonsense before this one thing happened. Like, first of all, why did they hire you as a consultant? What did they give you a hard time in your consultancy? Like, what happened there? Like, I just, without you even answering the question, I can already kind of imagine what you're going to say, but go ahead, say it. Uh, yes. Um, there, 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 there were lots of red flags leading up to this. Um, mm -hmm. This was obviously like a, a, a red explosion. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so to speak. Um, yeah. And and it it really lit the fire under a lot of people to to find something else and and get out the door. And, and to be clear, I've kept in touch with some of the people who were there. Some of the people are of a rightward political persuasion, and even they were like, "I'm out. I don't want to be a part well, of this." And I think I think that speaks to more like the duplicity on the duplicitous nature of what the owner said. It's like I might not believe in whatever politics you, po politics you believe in, but if you're respectful about it, fine. Like cool. to each their own, I don't care, right? But it's like the fact that you're gonna say, oh, it's a family emergency and then just go trot off and do something. Like it, it's really like, it's icky. It's, they lied. They lied to their entire employee, their entire company. So I I'd be, I think, yeah, I don't like that. It's not good. Family emergency. So, but wait, why did they hire you, Brian? Like, what was the reason why they felt they needed a consultant? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Before we dive back into uncovering the complexities of toxic workplaces, we have an important request for you. If you find our discussions eye-opening and thought-provoking, consider subscribing to Let's Break Up Toxic Workplace Stories. Subscribing not only ensures you catch every episode, but also helps us reach a broader audience with our message of positivity and change. But that's not all. Leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform goes a long way in spreading awareness about the impact of toxic workplaces on individuals and the solutions we explore together. Um, to, to help with, uh, employee engagement, um, to develop some additional policies. Um, okay. they were, they, they had a, they had an aggressive growth plan. Um, and, and we achieved it. Um, but a lot of it was buttoning some things up, um, which mm -hmm. was tough for, uh, the, the ownership to handle sometimes, because as I'm, I know both of you are aware, like that, that, sort of new business startup mentality is, you know, let's just, let's just do things. Let's just do mm -hmm. it. Um, and we'll deal with any repercussions later. Whereas from my perspective, it's let's think about what possible repercussions there are, put in safety measures to prohibit those 
and then not have to deal with them because it's always more expensive and more time consuming to deal with something after the fact than it is to prevent it. So right. that's sort of where where I was coming in, um, but yeah. also helping to achieve some of those growth plans and and do some strategic hiring. Hiring instead of doing, you know, one hiring and one hire at a time. Let's hire a group. You know, if we're hiring salespeople, let's hire a group of salespeople. Train them all at once. Let them develop bonds and relationships together as they go through the training. Let's develop mm-hmm. a real training for them as opposed to some random person taking an hour out of their day to say, here's what you need to do and then leaving them be. Like right, sure. it, it just buttoning up a lot of things and, and making putting some structure and, and some process around it. Mm-hmm. Were they were they resistant to any of your ideas? Um, yes. Uh, in their defense, most business owners are because it takes work, effort, time, and money. Um, and and uh, a lot of business owners aren't aren't willing to put that time and effort so in. Then why but I tell you, when you? I do find when I do find a client that that is that does understand what it takes, it it's a match made in heaven because yeah, they may not always agree with me. They may not always like what I have to say but they understand why I'm saying it. They don't, they don't, uh, you know, dislike me for saying something. They don't uh, think that I'm, I'm just trying to up the billables or something like that, that it, it's, it's trying to, to achieve their goals. The reason that, mm-hmm. that they wanted to, to partner with me. Um, sure. Yeah, it, it, it is, it is difficult sometimes. Um, but that's, that's also sort of my role is you, mm-hmm. you've hired me to give you the best answer. It's up yeah. to you whether you implement that best answer. Yeah. Brian, I'm curious to know, what did you think when you studied law? Did you think this is where you would be? Not a chance in hell, no. <laughs> what, what did you think? Like, where did you think your trajectory was going to take you? Um, I thought that I would, uh, that I would be more of a... Um, more, more of a paper practice, um, type lawyer, uh, doing a little, doing estate planning, um, especially here in Florida, there's, there's plenty of work for that. Um, (laughs) probate guardianships, um, doing family law to some extent. Um, uh, that, that is sort of what I, what I anticipated, what I thought, um, especially after law school, what I thought my trajectory was going to, was going to look like. Um, I, I think I, I think I kind of stumbled into this um, somewhat related to the the writing that I do, because yeah. when I when I was working for a small law firm, um, uh, this was years ago when law firm websites were becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. I started doing the writing for for the website. Um, one of the areas that the firm practiced in was employment law. I got to learn some of some more details about employment law because of the writing that I was doing for it. Um, and then also took over the operations and HR for that law firm um, and realized that I actually enjoyed doing these two things, the writing and, and operations HR stuff, more than actual practice of law. And that's sort of how that how that fork in the road happened for me. Wow. Do you, do you maintain your, like, I'm assuming it's similar to New Zealand, do you maintain like a practicing certificate for that? I do not. No. Okay. So you, you're, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So what was number two on your uh, the, crazy the, list? On my crazy list. So um, number two was, see, here's, so one of the things that I, I 
generally try and stay away from with with clients and with discussions is politics uh, mm-hmm. and religion. It, you know, like sitting Agreed. at dinner with in-laws or something. You know, um, it's it while while those can be fun topics and and topics that that we should be discussing as a society. Sometimes it makes for inappropriate discussions in the workplace, and that's why mm-hmm. I try and steer companies away from that. Um, but as I look at my list, it, <laughs> oh, almost okay. everything is political related. So I feel like um, this is leading up to something. I feel like this is a total setup. I feel like we're like, okay, what did these Muppets say? Uh, I, I'm on the so, edge of my seat. Yes, so carry on. Di- different company here. Um, this is uh, mo- much more recent. Um, this is uh, in the days after the Dobbs decision uh, was released from the U.S. Supreme Court overturning Roe. Um, there was a company. This is a much larger company, too. A couple hundred employees. Um, uh, one of those companies that has employees in multiple states and has to deal sure, with no the jur- jurisdictional issues and all that compliance. Um, they posted, as many companies did, uh, they posted a message on their their uh, full company Slack channel Um expressing concern and, and support for people who are affected by this Supreme Court ruling. And basically they they did a good job of of not really taking any political stance, but saying, look, here are some options that are available uh, based on our insurance, for counseling, for people that you can talk to. Here are some internal company groups that you may find supportive. That uh, they they did a great job of mm-hmm. of providing support when it was needed. Love that. But they also where's the but, they also right? said, like there's like there's like the there's biggest but coming. here. <laughs> they okay, also so said so far they're that, doing a great job. Yes. They also said that we are developing a company policy where we will uh, reimburse up to a certain amount for employees who need to travel to a different state from where they reside to have some healthcare needs taken care of. They didn't yeah. say for abortion. They said for your healthcare. Um, again, great move, great policy. It was drafted yeah. well. It it does it 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 is good. What they did wrong was that they made this company announcement on the whole team, the whole company Slack channel, and didn't turn off comments. The first comment uh, to that. Wait. <laughs> Do you have any like? Do you have any comments like like you know memorized? I feel like because I feel like Brian I would be there with my popcorn to his just, brain. just reading the comments, not participating. Just eat my popcorn, reading the comments. Take it away, Brian. What do you remember? Oh so one of the comments, yes, not not verbatim. I'm not quoting. This is a paraphrase <laughs> based know, on my memory. Um, a comment from someone who looks like me. A, a white male uh, said, um, "If anybody, his name's his his username was Incel nineteen eighty four. Yep, got it. <laughs> uh, it was probably like any... Chad Chad nineteen or Rye Guy nineteen ninety eight. Some bullshit like that. Okay, go ahead. Um, uh, the 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 response was uh, the the comment was basically anybody who wants to talk about alternatives to abortion, I'm here for you. Um, that was not well received by many people in the company, uh, and a good portion of the company got together, sort of off on the side, 
made an appointment with the CEO, spoke with the CEO, the company decided to take no action, left that comment up, closed commenting for the rest of it. So shut off any rebuttals to, to that particular comment. Mm-hmm. Um, continued, continued their policy, continued everything, but the damage was done. They did everything right up until they didn't. And the thing that they did wrong was more damaged than them saying nothing on Dobbs Day than, uh, than, than what they did. Um, a lot of employees left. Like I said, this was a much larger company, a few hundred employees, but a lot of employees left. Uh, a lot of employees were visibly upset by this um, and, and withdrew from, from their work, uh, withdrew from the, from the company as an, from an engagement perspective. Um, it had an impact and not just on, on liberal women, uh, but on people from all walks of life. Uh, it, had a, it had a negative impact um, at, at the company because so many people saw that as the company did so many things right and they had an opportunity to do something else right to either delete the comment or to respond to it and say, yeah, yeah this isn't really appropriate. It? Oh, why well, didn't because, they just okay, delete I'm, it? I'm sure that they, they like PR person or marketing person having been a marketing PR person. There's also that like fine line of, do we leave the comment up because then people are going to think we're censoring people's opinions? Like there's the sense that was here. Yeah, that was that was I think some of the some of the justification for for leaving the comment up. But my approach was if you're going to turn the comments off after that comment is there and not allow any rebuttals to that, I understand not wanting to make it a place for debate for a political debate on a on a company sure. Slack channel. I get that, but if you leave that, then you're saying that's the last word. And that so is what I think rubbed a lot of people the wrong everything, way. Everything like retroactively, yes. just like had the statement, sure. and then been like, "Whoops, we didn't like just say like own up, like whoops, that. we for we forgot to turn off comments. Like this right. is our stance. That's it. This like is a non-negotiable. The, like right. Your like, to yourself. Not even saying that. Just say, "Oh, whoops, we we forgot. You know, we forgot to turn off comments." Like you know, behind the screen, there are humans, people will forget to do shit. Like it's like, we, we forget companies are made up of individuals who are human and therefore going to make mistakes. So it's like, I feel like if you had just owned up and been like, you know, we're deleting all the comments because we should have never had the comments on to begin with, like, you know, sorry if we offended anyone or something nice, better said than that. Do you think that would have been the better way to go? I think so. And and not to toot my own horn here, but before they made this announcement, I said we should, and I said this to, to many of my clients, um, even before the Dobbs decision came down, you need to have an announcements channel on Slack where only certain people can post and there's no mm-hmm. reaction to it and there's no commenting to it. After mm-hmm. this debacle, then they made an announcements channel where only certain people could post. Um, yeah, that that was that was a mistake. It's Slack is great for making company announcements and 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 making sure that everybody sees them. It's much better than than email for that because it's more instant, especially when mm-hmm. things need to be made timely. But you have to you have to do it right, and that this was not this was not handled well. Yeah, yeah. no, it doesn't sound like it. And then, like, I mean, does do companies? even have to get involved with anything remotely like that? Like, I guess if they're giving healthcare, they do. Right. But like, sometimes I wonder, like, can you just not say anything? Like, how is that 
I, like, I don't know, because I'm not in HR. I'm ne- I've never been in a position where I have to make announcements of that, you know, of anything of that important. So like, like, for instance, like I, we're product development, like I would never dream my company's product development. I would never dream to even make any announcement about that decision because a, I'm not educated enough in the ins and outs of it. And B, like it doesn't, it has nothing to do with the services we provide. Um, is that ignorant of me? No, companies don't have to don't have to take a stance on anything. They don't have to make an announcement about anything. Um, they do need to make announcements if they're making changes to something, like uh, you know, for open enrollment for healthcare. You, right. you need to remind employees that it's open enrollment time. Here are the new plans, if they're new or if they're staying the same. Um, and then direct them, you know, any questions you have about medical stuff, you need to talk to the to the uh, sure. insurance company or to the nurses that, that are provided for, for plan selection, not like when, to internal employees. I guess like, it's like when it's a dicey situation, like this is, this was a dicey situation. Like what would have been the downside of not saying anything? So the downside of not saying anything, especially speaking, you know, post 2020 world, um, right. the downside of not saying anything is it's also uh, uh, seen as a negative by a decent number of employees. Um, it, it, it is companies are, are employees today don't, don't look at work and don't look at their employers as a nine to five for 40 years. They look at it as somebody, some, somebody, some institution that at least shares some of my values and will stand up for some of the things that I believe in. I may not always agree with what the company does, always agree with what the company says, but on big issues, I want my employer to take a stand and I want my employer to do what they think is right. Even if I, even if I may disagree with it, I want them to do something that they think is right and take a stand. Yeah, if I disagree with it, that may push me away to another company. But mm-hmm. that's sort of the, the the price of business today. I think that that um, it's it it is it is detrimental when on big issues like this, companies mm-hmm. don't take a stand, even internally. Like yeah. for this company, for example, if they had just said nothing, they probably would have ended up with the same result sure. of disengagement guess, and employees yeah. leaving. Yeah, I guess I'm just like you know how does a company go about doing that when like, how do you take a stance without getting it to be overly political or overly religious? Right. Like it's a really fine line. Um, and I think, I think the example you gave was so good though, because they didn't, they didn't push either agenda. Right. But I think it's so hard to get to that point. Um, I don't really know what happened, but the place that Nicola and I met at that decision happened Nickel had already been gone, but apparently the owner went on to Instagram live and said something. I don't know what was said, but she got such like backlash for it that she, I, I don't know what she said. Um, oh no. I think what it was is we had a mental health day, the same, the day after the decision. So the decision came on Friday, right? Like the Friday, I think it was. And then there was the weekend. And then that following Monday, we had a mental health day and the company worded it like, we're so upset about what happened that we're giving all of our staff like, a mental health day, but that wasn't 
the reality. The reality was the mental health day had already been scheduled for months. So like, what did she do wrong there? It, it, it trying to, trying to play something off as though it were, it were in reaction to something to, to have this positive effect when it was in reality, something already on the books. Like right, that's another so, thing that, that employees want today is more transparency from their employer. And like, but we, if but you, so if, everybody knew everybody in the company knew it had already been planned. So then when you have them announcing, oh, well, we're so sad. We're giving every, the majority, like we're giving all of our employees the day off. And most of them were women. Um, what message does that send to your employee? And then I think it kind of got out that that wasn't actually what happened. And also like, why do you need, I mean, I, I don't know. It was just a fucking hot mess, but I, like, what does that do to your business when you do something so stupid like that? Yeah, it it has the same net negative effect on 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 the workforce because it it they they see for the transparency point they, they see right through it. Employees see right through it, and and it doesn't it you know there's well, there is lied. a lot more right right she straight up that, fucking lied to all of her audience at the sake right. of employees, and then she got upset when people called her out on it. Yeah, and and there is a lot of pressure on companies today to 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 toe that line like you said and to to make the right choice every time all the time and that is that is tough but mm-hmm. there are some instances where the right thing is clear and companies still either struggle with it and trip over doing the right thing or they just do the wrong thing entirely like like in your example uh, the Yes, it would be wonderful if if uh, uh, you gave us an extra mental health day based on this. Not, you know, let's tag it on and make it a long weekend. Give people time to just relax and go spend some time with family and friends. Uh, process everything. Not like, hey, we're going to turn this already scheduled mental health day into a Dobbs mental health day. That's not that's not uh, not not the right approach. I, I I definitely agree with you. But I think that that either approach that they had taken because they tried to piggyback on something that was they already just happening. Like, this was already, scheduled. it was a negative. We're go- yeah. We're going to address this decision, you know, when we're all back and whatever. Um, I just thought it was hilarious. Cause she was like crying and upset about how it backfired. And I'm like, you dumb fuck. Of course it did. Like, was she actually, right. but I'm sorry. That's kind of, look, I didn't actually know much about the story until like two seconds ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, like PR wise, either don't fucking comment at all or make a fucking proper comment. Don't play off that bullshit. Like, well, and I think, fuck. and I think that's, that's what people were getting upset about. And then there was another portion of people that were like, what is ha- giving everyone a mental health day off helping the cause? Right. Like, shouldn't you be out there protesting or shouldn't you be out there? I don't know. I mean, I'm not a protester by nature. I am cool with anyone who wants to. But the idea of standing outside in the hot sun in Florida doesn't strike me as anything that I would like to do. But I don't know. I guess I guess I guess the bottom and we're like way off track. But the bottom line here is she fucking lied. And that goes to show the type of person she is and what type of company she's she's. um you know, she's running. 
Right. Because anyway. that, that's the mindset that employees have. Then if you're if you're so blatantly lying about this, what else are you lying about? What else are you doing behind the scenes? What else is sh- shady is going a on? A lot of shit, Brian, a lot. But this isn't about <laughs> us. <laughs> it's not about so, us. Okay. It's about you, Brian. It's about you. Yeah. So what was the third thing that happened? Or, or are we still on number two? Because that was a pretty big one. So can you go back into the company Slack and still see that comment? Um, it, it still exists. I'm, I'm not probably um, like in the archives I'm, or in the cloud or something. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely still exists. Um, yeah, I think it was just, I think it's a great example of just how, how to do almost everything right, but then trip over something pretty easy to do yeah. right at the end. So ridiculous. All right. What's number three? What do you got for us? So the third thing we have, um, the third big one, um, is a little bit more operational, a little, little less political. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so this is, uh, there's, you know, a lot of companies, one of the things that a lot of companies come to me for is to help button up processes, to put some structure in place. Um, employees many times crave structure or, or at least need some, need some guardrails around what mm-hmm. each role is supposed to do, what each department is supposed to do. Um, hiring processes, training, you know, that, that's one of the biggest things uh, today is that people uh, don't get trained. They, they, they're just expected Ooh. to come on the yep. job and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so hiring and onboarding is definitely a, a big focus, especially again, in the last three years with remote, it, it has put in some additional hurdles to, to do it effectively. Um, but there, there are definitely ways to do it. And the best way is to start thinking about it. Like as a company, how, how can we make this process positive for our employees and give them what they need to be successful in the job. Obviously, you've invested enough in the hiring process and paying this person. Let's give them every chance at success. And so that starts with with hiring and onboarding. And there is some confidentiality that that is related to hiring and onboarding. Um, a lot of a lot of notes are taken during the interview process, during the hiring process. Um, those, those are notes that are, are good, especially to reflect back on if, if in 30 days, 90 days, a year, you're having some issues with an employee, you can look back and say, okay, did we spot some red flags early and just didn't, didn't know they were red flags. Mm-hmm. Um, but those notes should be retained, um, okay. and they should be kept confidential. The employee sure. who is hired should not be able to find those notes, Oh, in God. Google Drive, or what? on a or in a or in a Slack message. So oh that God. is that is a that is a it's not a Wait, breach of any. So somebody found that. Law. On, so they're right, but it's just like that's like business one hundred and one. So somebody found like like the company bad mouthing them. So a an employee found out um, that found a a Slack thread. Um, of of the people that they interviewed with um, commenting about their interview just after it occurred, just moments after it occurred and could see the thread about it. They could also see documents that were attached. Okay. What did the comments? Yeah, what were the comments? Were they like, it, were they like appropriate comments or were they like, she's dumb or whatever? Like what kind of comments were it they? Was, yeah, it was nothing that I, I think is would would necessarily be um, 
out of line, um, but it was they were they were sort of borderline comments. There were some comments like, you know, the candidate was meh, um, didn't wow me, did a did an okay job, but didn't wow me, uh, stuff like that. Yeah, okay. I feel um, like in an interview, that's like when you're fine looking for fits. I don't dislike. Like that. I, I would, I would have been more like. You know, like if they were like, did you see the knockers on her or something like that? You know, like I would have been all over that. But (laughs) this is why you need a consultant. I I know, but no, Um, no, but I I think but I but I get what you're saying, Brian, like it's a like while it's not inappropriate, they don't need to see that or read that or know that it's it exists. They don't need to know that. It's like the records room, Nicola. (laughs) It is. the. You have to watch the consultant, Brian. It's oh, so creepy. It's so good. I definitely, I definitely will. I definitely will. Okay, so you'll get, yeah, the, you'll get the, my the, reference to the records room now. Okay, go ahead. Okay, yeah. So those comments themselves, yes, they're not, they're not uh, 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 any any threatening or or mm-hmm. legal legal actionable comments, legally actionable comments. Um, but an employee shouldn't be able to see those comments Correct. about themselves, in, especially in their first like month on the job. They also shouldn't be able to see the attached documents in that thread where they are, um, where, where there are additional notes about not only their candidacy, but also other candidates for the same role. And to find out that they weren't the company's first choice, that there was somebody else who was a first choice over them. Of course, we all know that at some point we've probably been hired as the second, third, third, mm-hmm. fourth, seventh choice. Um, but to know that is different than assuming that or having that thought running in the back of your head. And that has a negative impact, again, on the employee's level of engagement. Because if they, if they, if the company, if they perceive the company not all in with them, not being mm-hmm. their number one, we're all in with you choice. Mm-hmm. then they are not going to provide the same in return. So did and it's this simple. person leave though? Like, did she find, he or she find the comment and then leave or what happened there? Uh, this person has not left. Um, this person oh, is still, still with the company still and, and, and still trying to navigate through some of this, um, mm-hmm. but is really trying to, to give it their best um, and, and put those comments aside um, and go with the, with the positive comments they have received uh, while on the job, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to looking at some of the past comments when these these now colleagues only knew this individual, only knew the candidate for 30 minutes at the time. Now, right, now sure. they've gotten to know this candidate um, and, and know that the, this person can provide solid and exemplary work. Um, so now that this person is trying to focus more on, on the present as opposed to, to some of the past, but I think it's, it would have been easy for the company to avoid this, uh, the, this potential, uh, disengagement, um, scenario by simply having a process in place for having private Slack channels, for having password protected folders on, Google Drive or Outlook or, or uh, you know whatever whatever cloud service they want to keep their their resumes and 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 uh, applicant notes in, um, it's not it's not hard to do that. Uh, it's it's a simple, easy step to take um, that that could avoid all of this this headache and heartache for an employee that that really just wants to do a good job. Plus, um, it sets okay. the stage for potentially actionable items to be discovered. Because if the, the process and policies are not in place 
to, um, to protect some of this information, what other information might be discoverable by employees um, uh, that would actually be confidential information like medical records or um, uh, write-ups and, and employment, further employment records, um, uh, salary information that is um, uh, uh, confidential in, in certain areas. So it. So I, um, I had that issue around salary, like confidential salary information, um, because I had used a group email. Well, it wasn't originally a group email account. Um, it was my email account. But as we went, as we got bigger, it ended up having to become a group email account. And um, I had to move information. I had to move archived information out of that account into somewhere safe. But before I had the chance to, the people that had access to the account had already gone looking for the information, the salary information. Yeah, and that's that is something uh, that that is something that I get uh, a lot from employees uh, who who come to me. Um, they they come to me with a policy, uh, you know, a, a, a screenshot or something uh, from a policy from their company saying you're not allowed to discuss salary information with with one another, and that's companies can't do that. You can't restrict uh, employees from discussing their salaries. What companies can't do is disclose an employee's salary to everyone else. So you can't just simply say, hey, Sally makes 34,000, John makes 36,000 in a company meeting, unless those employees give their specific consent to do that. Oh my God, like Taylor, Um, when her boss announced how much she was earning in the company meeting? I know. That was ridiculous. So that's illegal. Just to clarify, that's illegal. Yeah, yeah. You can't prevent. Uh, the National Labor Relations Board has actually taken taken some action against companies who are att- who had these policies in place who are attempting to prevent employees from discussing their their salaries with one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah you ridiculous. can't you can't you can't prevent that. Um, but some some employees don't want their salary known. Some people still see that as as personal confidential information, and so it's up to the individual employee whether that information is released to the rest of of the company. Obviously, people on the finance team, people doing payroll, they're going to know that, but they they should also be subject to some confidentiality. They're not allowed to disclose someone else's salary. They can talk about their own. They can't talk about other people's. And that kind of, I think, uh, b- b- that kind of is a, is a good segue into sort of the the one of the the overarching ultimate points um, mm-hmm. that I that I wanted to make today, which is that employees need to know their rights. Obviously, companies come to me and ask me for help, uh, you know, building policies and putting structure in place and dealing with some tough situations um, uh, operationally or legally compliance. Um, But employees come to me too, and so many of them don't know their rights. And companies take advantage of that, whether knowingly or or unknowingly, companies take advantage of that. In in the US, employee rights are a lot like uh, the, the ADA. There's no enforcement agency for it. Yeah, there's the EEOC, but you have to make a complaint first, which means you have to know that your rights have been violated before you even go to the EEOC. And I feel like because so, you have so many states and so many laws and so many different things, it would be really difficult for average Joe blogs to navigate your rights, like just navigate your basic rights. 
it's extremely difficult because not only are some things rights across the board, are some things things that you think should be rights but aren't rights across the board. Some of those things may then actually be rights in certain states but not in others. And yeah, it's this whole it it it, it is an incredibly complex. Um, it's it's a complex area. And it's tough to navigate for both companies and employees because employees may feel that their rights are being violated when in reality they aren't. And that's just the way U.S. employment law works, um, that it very heavily favors businesses or uh, employees' rights are being violated, but they don't know that they're being violated. So what happens... Um... Well, I'm I, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hop in before you finish your question there because I'm curious. Yeah, go ahead. What are some of like the the top employee rights we should be hyper aware of? Like, what are some of the ones where you're like, "Fuck this shit." These are the ones you need to know. Like, always look at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, from an employee focus, uh, it, it it's overtime and and at an accurate pay. Um, so a lot of a lot of companies will try and avoid overtime pay by classifying somebody as a manager or um, or uh, on salary and thinking just because they pay them a salary that they're automatically exempt from overtime. That's that's not the case. Um, and employees oftentimes don't know any better, so they just accept it. Um, and again, using using the nuance of, of different state laws here, overtime is different in in California, for example, than it is in Texas. In Texas, it's federal. It's 40, anything over 40 hours uh, is is time and a half in a single work week. In California, it's anything over eight hours a day, plus 40 hours in a work week. Plus there's also, there's some nuance to this, but there's also, uh, if, you, if, if you're working more than 12 hours, then it's double time. And so like, those are things that a lot of employees just don't know that they're entitled to. But that also comes, that also uh, uh, relatedly, uh, goes along with misclassification of employees, which is something that companies need to be aware of. So if you classify your employee as exempt, but they're not, you could be, if that employee learns that their rights are being violated and, and files a complaint and um, the EEOC files, finds that the company has violated the employee's rights by not paying them overtime and misclassifying them as an exempt employee when they're actually not exempt, then that company is subject to not only fines and penalties for that misclassification, but also to paying that employee back overtime pay. And in some cases, paying the back taxes for both the company and the employee for the additional pay. Mm-hmm. So it can become extremely costly for, for companies to do a mis- to, to, to engage in misclassification. And that also happens between contractors and employees. A lot of companies, especially today, again, going into the you know, post-2020 world, a huge part of the U.S. workforce today is fully freelance, fully 1099 contractors. Yeah. Um, and companies oftentimes take advantage of that and say, you know, we want to hire, we want to we want to partner with somebody who's a contractor so that we don't have to pay them uh, overtime. We don't have to cover their benefits. We don't have to pay yeah. the payroll taxes. We're just going to pay them straight 1099. But if a company determines when an employee works, how they work, and what they do when they're on the clock, they're an employee. They're and not a contractor. Is... We've got the same rule in New Zealand. Right. And so that, that again, uh, the, the company is engaging in misclassification, knowingly or, or unknowingly, and could be subject to massive fines, penalties, 
uh, and and disengagement from from the rest of the workforce as they learn that the company is doing something something shady, even if they even if the company didn't know themselves. A lot of companies don't even know that that misclassification is a thing. Um, okay, so we've got misclassification. We've got. I feel like I feel like with some of these though, again, like how where do people go to find out what their rights are? Because I feel like with some of these, we're like, yeah, okay, cool. Make sure you know about overtime. Make sure you know about you know, employee classification, yada, yada, yada. But again, like, it's so tricky to navigate if you're just average Joe blogs and you're coming in and, you know, signing your contract and off you go. Like, you're not looking out for these big kind of blaringly, blaringly red, red flags, right? So where can people kind of go to kind of work out what their rights actually are? Like, what's Joe blogs? He's a plumber down in Orlando at Disney. Where's he going to get his fucking rights? Like, where is he going? So um, in Florida, um, he he isn't going to find much help. Um, where oh, he's wow, going that's to find so helpful. <laughs> yeah, um, where he's going to find help is in blue states. Um, many of the blue states, California, Colorado, Washington, for example, have great. Um, workforce rights, um, uh, web pages, uh, FAQs, information on their state labor department um, websites. Yes, it still takes a little hunting sometimes to find exactly what you're looking for. It's not always straightforward, front and center. Um, but but a lot of states uh, do put that information uh, on their on their web pages so that employees can have a better idea of what their rights are. Um, but honestly, your, your best bet is to just start Googling. If you think you have a, a, some sort of violation, start Googling. And, and ideally, you'll, you'll end up with a hit in one of those states that will give you some, some detailed information. Hopefully, you live in one of those states because then their contact information is there and you can easily get in touch with, with the labor department in that state. If you're not then yeah, you need to do a little bit of digging. And sometimes people have to go to, um, go to employment lawyers um, uh, for, for assistance. Um, some employment lawyers do some, do some pro bono stuff, um, especially in, in more red states, uh, because mm-hmm. they know that, that employees, workers just don't have the resources and, and just need some, need, you know, five minutes to answer a question. Like, do I, is, is there, is there a cause of action here? Is, is there something that, is there some right that's being violated? I feel like it should be. I feel like but some right is being violated. Most, aren't most employees um, at will in the United States? Like you don't really need a reason to fire them? Correct. But um, the, the, if you, if you have, if you have an employee who um, thinks their rights have been violated and here we can use an example that I didn't even have on my list, but this is this is a great segue. Um, say there's there's an employee who's been on the job for eight months, and mm-hmm. they have done not a great job. Um, they have been given some training, um, and they just haven't met the expectations. Um, and now the the um, the the owner of the company says we need to terminate this person and find find a replacement. So the person is terminated, as you said, at will, no no reason mm-hmm. given, just termination. Um, the uh, employee 
is four months pregnant. So now we have a potential discrimination clause on our hands because the individual was pregnant. They go to an employment lawyer and the employment lawyer then writes a, a letter to the company saying, you have wrongfully terminated, you violated my, my client's rights. Um, even if there was justification, this is, this is where the system sometimes manages to screw everybody. Um, even if there is justification for that termination, let's assume mm -hmm. that there is in this example, the, the company is still most likely going to pay the terminated employee a settlement just to make the, the whole thing go away because it's going to be cheaper than litigating and defending it. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's where you have, you have employees who, in this case, knew their rights, but also were able to, to in some ways, take advantage of the situation because of because of the employer terminating them while they were pregnant, even though they knew the employer had a just cause for doing so. Mm -hmm. So let's assume let's assume now that there was no just cause for doing so. Now the employee um, is just out of the blue terminated mm -hmm. and they're four months pregnant. Now they think, of course, I've been I've been terminated because I just told my employer I'm a month pregnant. ago that I was pregnant and now I'm going to need to go out on leave in, in a few months. They just want me off the books. They don't want to have to deal with that hassle. Um, so it, it creates, it creates, um, it creates complexities and challenging situations for everyone involved. Um, partly because of the at will employment, because even if no, no reason is given, if someone mm -hmm. alleges wrongful termination, then it's on the, then the burden shifts back to the company to provide a legitimate reason for the termination, a non-discriminatory reason. So I was told that I was being let go because I went against the company's core values. Um, and the core values more or less summed up were like, the company comes before you, like lead with kindness, um, like things that really don't amount to much. It's not instead of like being like, don't steal, don't lie, like, which of course I'm not going to do. Um, is there any recourse there? Um, I mean, so yes, in America, there's always recourse, um, whether it's worth it to, to, to go down that path is an entirely different right. question. I mean, that's but the thing that you always have to kind of like do the checks and balances for. So um, I just was like really shocked that they wouldn't even really give me a reason. And does a company have to give you a reason or do they, can they just say it's not working out? Yeah. Companies often say it's not working out or this position is no longer available. And you're like, but I hold the position right now. Um, um, yeah, the, no, companies do not have to give a reason um, unless, unless a, a, a cause of action occurs where uh, a lawyer gets involved or, or a government agency gets involved to say, this could potentially be a wrongful termination. We need you to justify this with a legitimate business reason. Mm. So violating, cause like, I don't, violating, I still don't understand why I got fired. Oh, I mean, I technically resigned, but I also don't know why I then got fired. So yeah. And that's, like, that's, that's a, 
it's a shitty position because there's so many so many workers in America who have that happen uh, frequently. They they just don't mm-hmm. know. And and I think again, part of that is is a symptom of at will because companies are trying to cover their own ass and just not giving any reason um, in, in the hopes that that they won't end up with a wrongful termination lawsuit, as opposed mm-hmm. to giving some reason. And then having it be more clear that there's a wrongful termination because they stumbled over the reason or they, you know, they, they gave mm. some discriminatory reason for it. So many mm. companies just said, just do nothing and then go silent on the employee. And so mm. they never know. And then, so that doesn't help the employee, even, even if the, even if the reason was legitimate, that there was some, some true issue with the employment relationship, the employee doesn't know. And then they go on to another job and may experience the same thing all over again. Uh, and it's just, yeah, it, it, I, I see it more of a sim- as a symptom. It, it just, and I know for Nicola, it felt really fucked up. And I think it feels really fucked up for a lot of people. And for, and America is not pro employee. It's not, it's pro capitalist. Um, I mean, that's at least how I feel. What do you think? I, I agree. It, it, like, it, like, the... it's like, fuck the employee. We could just figure it out from, you know, yeah. So, yeah, um, employees, employees are the are the replaceable robots. Um, And so then how do you advocate for yourself? Because I felt like like I got so angry and so upset and, you know, and I know Nicola got really depressed. But like as people who get fired and continue, you know, this this is not the first time. It's not the last time. Um, How can you advocate for yourself? Like I, the only thing I could think of doing was I forced them to write me a termination letter. Like I was like, I don't know why I feel like I need this. I should just have it Um, outlining like when my, when my, um, like the dates of my, my employment, what my severance was going to be, all of that. Like, I don't know why I felt like I needed that, but I, I made them do it um, and I did get it. But like, it was all, it was only a consultancy for me. So I don't like, I shouldn't have even gotten severance, but they're so dumb. They gave it to me <laughs> because they don't know their ass from their elbow. But I really feel like I could have, like, I, I really feel like I didn't know how to advocate for myself. And that made me really upset. And again, I think that's, that's a symptom of, of the system that, that employees just don't know their rights. And even if they do, they don't know where to turn. And unfortunately, one of the best ways to turn is also one of the most prohibitive, and that's to an employment lawyer. And employment lawyers usually are not cheap. And, and it's also so, really, like the minute you're getting in the big guns, like, you know, an employment lawyer is considered a big gun. And then you come in and all guns fucking blazing. And then your employer is going to turn around and be like, anyway. Right. And if you live if you live in a state like California or Washington or Colorado, New York, that have um, some good labor departments uh, that that have some level of advocacy uh, for employees, they are swamped, overworked, overburdened. So it won't be as quick as spending money out of your own pocket to go to an employment lawyer. But you can always file a claim with your state's labor department and have them. They, they will investigate. It may not be quick. It may not be the answer that you want. It may not be as in-depth as, as you think it needs to be, but they will take action on it. Um, but the outcome is, it, it's, the outcome is often just disappointing. It's just never, um, it's never, it's never what you think is warranted 
or is necessary. And again, uh, to your point, Gina, that that's kind of a it's kind of a symptom of of not only the at will employment system, but also also capitalism that that the business is valued over the worker. So what can you do like going into taking a new job? You know, obviously, if you're going to go work for like a huge conglomerate, you're not going to have too much ability to amend a contract, right? Like an employment contract. But what can you do to kind of advocate for yourself when you do um, when you do decide to take a job with a new company, assuming you can amend the contract? Like, what should I have done differently? Or so, what should anyone do differently? Because, you know, I I just at the end of the day, I just felt very like, like, and I'm sure that I'm not unique in this, but I felt like, how are this, how's this bumblefuck of a company that's barely surviving, like firing someone who's actually experienced, like what kind of twilight world am I in right now? Like, you know, I mean, the yeah. bottom line is not Nicola knew it is I, I was costing them too much money um, because I, I, I asked for what I well, less than what I'm worth, but yeah. But that, so that, that is, that is, uh, that is the problem uh, that, that so many workers face is that you, the, what, to answer your question, what can you do? Yeah. You can remember that almost everything is negotiable, but if you negotiate a higher salary, additional benefits, a, a severance or, you know, whatever, you're also going to cost the company more money. So you may be one of the first to go if you've negotiated a higher right. salary and additional benefits. So, but like, um, can you, it, so I guess my, my real nitty gritty question is if you're coming into like a company that isn't huge, that their contract isn't ironclad, can you, can you add anything or ask to add like anything that says like, if they're planning to fire you, I'm just riffing. I don't know really what I'm trying to get at. Like they need <laughs> to give you certain amount of days or like, can you do anything in that vein, I think you understand where I'm going with this to protect yourself. Yes, you can do that. Um, so uh, you can you can negotiate in your uh, uh, offer letter, which as long as both parties have signed it, the co- a company representative and and the new employee, it is essentially a contract. It's not it's not an employment contract that the way in in the way that many other countries use employment contracts um but it's it's as close in most cases as we get in the in the US um you can negotiate you can sort of negotiate out of the at will system by doing exactly what you just said you can say you can ask for you have to be prepared for the company to say no we're going on to another candidate but you right, you sure. can neg- try and negotiate and ask for a 90 day notice uh, for termination or in lieu of notice, 90 days worth of, of severance, um, 30 days for, for any of that. You can, you can negotiate that. And sometimes if, an, if a company really wants you um, or they really need your skill set, they, they, will, they will play ball uh, with negotiation. You can't, the one thing I always tell uh, workers who come to me is that you never get what you don't ask for. And I, I know that's a cliche, but if, if you think you want something, if you think that you're entitled to even just another thousand dollars a year, ask for mm-hmm. it. Otherwise you're not going to get it. You're guaranteed yeah, no, you're not to get not. it. Yeah. 
Um, but yes, to now, answer, to, for your direct question, you can sort of you can do that. negotiate think, in a way think, out of at will. So like the way that they had it was like you had a 30 day review, a 60 day review and a 90 day review. And then I guess a six months. Now, I think a lot of us go into that thinking, well, of course, it's going to be good because I know I'm a good worker. Right. But you're not really taking into account like co- company culture, clashing personalities, um, truly understanding how the business works, what the morality of the business is. Like, are you working with liars and cheaters, which we happen to be working with liars and cheaters? Um, you know, so a lot of that you don't know. But I think having walked through that now, I would say, like, I think that would be my number one thing that I would do to safeguard myself, that if they're think So I don't have you ever heard of this, the EOS system? Yeah. Mm hmm. Okay. Just question. What do you think about it? Just generally. I'm curious. Um, Yeah, I'm really curious to hear this. I think that, um, I think that there's, there's a lot written about and discussed about ways to make companies better, um, make them more profitable, make them more engaging for employees, how, how to actually engage those employees and make those employees more productive. I don't, I don't, every, every situation is unique, uh, mm-hmm. but there are often similarities. And the one thing I can say with certainty is that if you want to be, forget any, any type of, of system or methodology, if you want to be a successful company with productive, efficient, and engaged employees, pay them. Pay them what they're worth. Pay them more than what they're worth. Pay Mm -hmm. them with with benefits. Um, Pay them with with actual salary and time off. Um, that, that That is the way to get engagement from employees, which then turns into productive employees, which turns into revenue for the business. And that study after study after study, both pre-2020 and post-2020, shows that is the formula. Okay. You so pay wait, employees. I think, I think you're thinking of something else. The EOS system, the entrepreneurial operating system that you okay, have not I was heard think- of. Yeah, I, no. you were thinking of you were thinking of stock options. So so never mind. <laughs> I it's something it's a very I got so confused there for a yeah, second. No, I, I don't like, know what I think the fuck was talking happening. about employee stock options and and I think that could potentially be a great thing if you're like in IBM or something, but for like a small startup. I, thought, I once I once got stock options in a business. Um Yeah, I mean, it's exactly it was what fun. I got like, like 200 bucks out of it when I left. Sweet. Yeah, but I mean like yeah. if you were getting stock options plus all the other things that Brian's mentioning like yeah, like an actual salary, like not subpar salary, you know, you're not being worked to death, then yeah, absolutely. No, the EOS system is a whole different bag of worms. Yeah. And see, here's, here's the thing to go back to sort of the, I mean, it, you know, you can include this, not include this, uh, just for our, just for the three of us having this discussion. Mm-hmm. This is something I always love to, to tell people about. Because I do a lot of writing for uh, also in HR space, and I do some mm-hmm. some writing on on comparisons between other countries' employment laws versus the U.S. And one of the things that regularly fascinates me is that 
we are one of the only countries on earth that hasn't figured out so many systems. We haven't figured out universal healthcare. We haven't oh. figured out maternity leave. We haven't oh. figured out paternity leave. We haven't figured out how to how to you know uh, give a social system for for employees so that they can they can weather the storm between jobs or medical bills. Like I, I the other day I was just I was looking at stuff for um, uh, Norway was it? I think it was oh my Norway. God. They have the bomb everything. 418 days of paid maternity leave. It's insanity. I know. And they have like universal health care. They have like unlimited sick. It's unlimited. Hold on. Can we... Are we all moving to Norway? Is this what we're saying? Uh, yeah, yeah. We're gonna all. Do oh my a god, Gina, are we getting married and moving to Norway? Yes, <laughs> yes. I think. But we even like, we'll have a, like a the visa. Three of us will be a thruple and we'll caravan to Norway. Surely, between one of us, we can get a visa, and then the other one can be the, the yeah. wife. Why not? One, Let one me would see hope. If I one can would catfish hope. some Norwegian guy, and I'll oh. get in. And then oh, you know what? I'll you would do that, and then invite me as your sister wife. I was just exactly. watching sister wives again. And Brian, you could be my my uh, my brother. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Hold on. You I'm know, doing visas in Norway. Hold on. We um, we are no, I, we are I, one I... of. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. We we are one of I think it's 29 countries on Earth that does not have guaranteed paternity leave. We are one of six or seven that does not guarantee maternity leave. Like if, if like, if what are there 210 countries, if 205 of them have figured out, including places like not to, again, include, not include what up to you, but like not to throw certain countries under the bus, but countries like Saudi Arabia that have paid family leave. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. How can we not do that? America is so far like, so the more that we do this podcast and the more that we have people coming in from all over the world, the more I realize, and I'm not like anti-American at all. I'm not, you know, I feel like I'm grateful that I was born here. I'm a citizen because yes, we do have a lot of opportunities, but there are some things that are, we do that are really fucked up. And namely the ones that you are discussing right now, it's like, Like America is not built to support small businesses. America is not built to try to lift up um, impoverished, you know, areas or demographics. We're just like slapping band-aids on things. And it's, you know, the more I talk to people from everywhere, the more I'm like, what is going on right now? Like, yeah, let's go to Norway. (laughs) Let's fuck that. They have like- yeah. And, yeah. you know, think think about this, like uh, I read yesterday or earlier uh, over the weekend or something, I, I read a piece in the Times about um, uh, uh, about the coming coming. Uh, uh, I forget what they called it, but the, the coming financial catastrophe that is boomers retiring and going into nursing homes like we do not have. There are so many people in that age group that are just going to be screwed because they don't have the financial resources to go into nursing homes and states and the federal government are not putting money doing into anything. That yeah. They're not to, doing anything. to build, to build the facilities and to train the nursing staff that's required to support all of those people then, that are going like, to be going into those places. Like that's like at this point in my, my mom and dad's life, like I'm 43, 
they already had like two homes, a shit ton of money in the bank. I'm like, I make decent money, but I'm like barely scraping by. I'm a one, you know, I'm a single mom. I'm in one, one income household. And I'm like, I'm lucky if I'm going to have enough to retire on, you know? And I think that's, I think that's like a lot of our generation. We're all in that same boat. Um, and also cause like what companies give 401ks anymore? Very few or far between what companies give pensions? None, unless you're like a first responder of some kind, like it's just, but then you want to go in and feel like the company is like part of your family, but they really don't give a shit about you. That's exactly right. The company, <laughs> right. the company does not care about you. You are disposable to a company. Yes. Um, yes. And, and that is, that is the system that we live in. And I, I think know. that, that yes, we can have a debate and I'm all for it uh, uh, about, you know, what, what we should do to correct the wrongs uh, mm-hmm. of this current system. But at least if you know what the system is, Mm-hmm. then that is empowering. You can empower yourself by knowing the, the rules as they currently exist. Yes, should should many of those rules be changed and should we have some social safety nets? Should we have some of these some of these other programs in place? Absolutely. But right now we don't. And so yeah. we can advocate for those changes. We can, as you said earlier, protest for those changes. We can take action for those changes. But until any of that happens, knowing the system that with. you're in yeah. And understanding your rights and, and and abilities within that system is is the best way to empower yourself as a worker. Yeah. Well, Brian, you're so fucking smart and eloquent, and no wonder why we you're love a writer. You. Brian, we love you. And we love your story. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, where, where can we find you, Brian? Like, where's your? Where, tell tell everyone where we can find you if we want to annoy you about wrongful termination, which is almost never a wrongful termination. I'm still trying to figure out a way to make my termination wrongful. From our, can I think? Can can I get something? <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, um, tell us where we can we can find you. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not big on on social media. I do have. LinkedIn, I love that I, actually, uh, but I'm. I'm not, I don't really, I don't really do much uh, uh, on social media. Um, the best place to find me uh, is my website, uh, brianjdriscoll.com. That's Brian, B-R-Y-A-N. Um, and there's a contact form there. You can also just email me, brian at brianjdriscoll.com. Um, and I am always open to having a, having a chat with somebody about, uh, about what's going on, whether they're an employee or, or a business. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, the idea that I have, uh, the the sort of the mantra that I have uh, when I'm specifically working with companies is what benefits the employees um, because so as I said earlier, employee versus employer. Yeah, because if if yeah. it's it, I, I still want to help the company because sure. by helping the company it helps the employees and the right. when when you have an engaged workforce you have a productive and profitable workforce and that benefits everybody. Sure. Well, I love that and I wish more people were like you and let's try to. Let's try to all get on the Brian bandwagon and help the employees <laughs> with and and if the Brian bandwagon doesn't work, we'll just caravan to Norway. Thoughts, feelings? I, yeah, we'll I mean, I you know, I, I I hate cold weather, but I don't know. I might I might be willing to make some trade-offs. <laughs> I mean, universal health care and like unlimited paternity leave, not that I don't know if you guys want kids or anything, but that's I would brave the cold for that. I mean, I'm a native it's, New Yorker. It's attractive. 
Yeah. I like that. It is attractive. Well, we'll be in touch when we figure out the logistics on that. We might also be dead by that time, (laughs) but we'll be in touch. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, it was so awesome having you on and you're so smart and insightful. And I hope you keep listening and tell your friends. And even though you're not on IG, put it out in the universe that you're going to be here so people can listen to you. Absolutely. And I, I, I thank you both for, for, first of all, doing something like this. When I first uh, uh, found your, your pod, it was fascinating to listen to. And I, 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 I think I mentioned on our first call together, but the, the one that you did with, um, with Taylor was, was just so resonating for me that mm. I, that's when I was like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. Congrats on having a baby, Brian, <laughs> BT dub. <laughs> like you can't even write like congratulations. Like right. I can't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> go enjoy the rest of your day and we will be in touch. And if you need anything from us, you know where to find us. Absolutely. Great. Thank you. Really Thanks. appreciate it. Thank you both. And thank you, you, Brian. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Speak soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Let's Break Up Toxic Workplace Stories. If you enjoyed our candid conversations and insights, don't forget to hit that like button, follow us on social media, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform.